Well, worship this morning had the right effect on me. I was um, just, I mean, today's message is going to just fall right in line with what, we're, what we sang and what we experienced in worship. Uh, it was more personal for me because some of those songs like that last, that uh, I want to sit at your feet, that one. I used to sing that all the time just by myself in, in worship. Uh, I, I had a memory there of Dry Creek Baptist Camp when I was preaching at Dry Creek one year. Every morning, early in the morning, I'd go and fill that auditorium with just my voice before anybody else was up and uh, just singing that song and a couple of other songs. But that one was always a part of it because it's such a, a good expression of the personal touch of God and just, you know, it's leaning back against God and breathe, feeling his heartbeat, that whole idea, concept of being that close to God, though. Uh, just, just being, uh, you know, obviously we're not talking about feeling, you know, these are words that describe um, e- emotive words, which I don't have a lot of those, uh, but these words that, that describe how we feel about God. But it is, there are times and have been times, and we're longing for more times where we are feeling that, kind of the the, the touch of God on an ongoing basis uh, in our lives. And as a community, we're looking for that experience. And that's, that's what's going on in the book of Acts. And, and today, it's interesting that we're going to talk about how all this swells up in testimony and prayer. Um, how it, what we've been experiencing and seeing of this cycle of awe and obedience and more activity of God that leads to more, a deeper sense of awe and and a, a deeper commitment to uh, follow the, the commands of, of God and the, or the leadership, if you will, or the, however they heard from the Holy Spirit, following what the Holy Spirit was leading them to do, all these unusual things that they were doing. And, and then the community around them began to just be amazed by that. But this affected also uh, the worship. It affected the worship of the believers in a powerful way. And today we're going to see a, an element of that. Of, of, how, of what they were drawn to think about God and to feel about God and, and to say to God in response to the things that, that God was doing. So last week we, we uh, talked about um, the disciples, uh, Peter and John specifically, who were representative of the community and were arrested. And then uh, we closed out by seeing how they were drawn out, and that was all part of God's plan for them to go stand before all the religious rulers and leaders, but who were also the legal uh, authority over them, stand before them and proclaim this truth and the response of, of those that saw it happen. And then in response to that activity, we're going to see uh, a challenge for us today. What happens after that? We're going to see a challenge for us in regard to testimony and prayer and how we handle the things that God does in our lives and how we handle the things that God does in community in recognition of what he does. So let's read the text, and then we'll, we'll pick up where we left off last week. So in the text, we're in chapter 4, verse 23, and I want to read through verse 31, and that's what we'll talk about today. When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, Why did the Gentiles rage and the people's 
plot in vain. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers are gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. All right, I want to break that down today. First of all, I just want to say this. The disciples in the beginning part of this passage says is when they were released, they immediately went back to the community to share what the elders had done and said to them. So I don't know what that looked like particularly, but there was a lot of incredible Holy Spirit activity that happened for these two disciples in their little prison stint and in the opportunity that God gave them to speak to the elders, and in the response of the elders. So I imagine, or, uh, yeah, their response to the leaders of the church, I imagine it looks something like this. You know, they come, they, they leave, first of all, blown away, kind of like uh, Peter probably was whenever he, the, God opened the prisons for him, and he just walked out. You know, it's like, wait a minute, what just happened? He, he came to himself after he was out of prison. It was just, like, unbelievable kind of experience. I can't believe we just got out of that. We should have been killed. There's no way we, could, we should have made it out of there. These guys were all against us, and yet we're, we're, we're out. So they went immediately to talk to the church about it. And I think that's important. All right? This testimony is not, this, this experience is not just for John and Peter. This experience is for the community. This, this experience is going to change the community. It's going to lift the community up to a whole other level. This activity of the Holy Spirit, this exclusive, God-exclusive activity in the lives of the disciples, these two disciples, is going to affect the whole group, the whole community. So they go back immediately to share what went on. And, and I imagine, again, it went something like this. I guess, you know, I know all of you guys know, knew that we were arrested because, um, you know, you, you were praying for us and different ones from the group saw it happen and and, and, uh, and I know that you guys cared about it. The word got back to us that you guys were praying for us. So, uh, you know, but let me tell you what happened after we got arrested. You know, they brought us before all the religious leaders, and, and we had prayed for that. Again, this is a scenario, right, possible scenario. We had prayed for that, that God would open a door for us to, to speak to the religious rulers and speak to them in a way that they would hear us. And so we got up, and they asked us a question. Uh, and actually, they commanded us not to speak anymore. And before I could even stop myself, the Holy Spirit spoke through my mouth words that shocked me and John. And I said, uh, should we listen to you or to God? And, and at the same time, and there was a gasp in the room. And the, the religious leaders looked at each other and said, well, you know, in, in confusion, what just happened? And then they started looking at, the, looking at the back and seeing all the people that were around and the, 
the people that were gathered and they, they could see the people outside who had responded to the truth of what had happened in this crippled man's life. And they would look back at each other and whisper and something was going on there. And they would look back out and they would whisper and they'd look at the crowd and they'd whisper. And then they told us not to speak and, uh, and then they let us go. And we were like, what? And here we are. We're standing before you. They, let us, they set us free and we, here we are. And the response of the people, so, you know, immediately the response of the people, can you imagine how crazy it was? No, we can't. We really can't. But imagine with me the, the craziness of what happened. They should have died. They were put in prison. The only reason why they weren't killed that, that night before is because the Sabbath was coming. So they cast them into prison and because they were afraid of the people. So they, were, they cast them in prison temporarily. That was the goal, to shut them up. But now they're free. And they come back to the people, and the people can't believe it. And they're excited about what's going on. And so uh, this is what happens when they come in, into the, the group, and they share this testimony of what, just, of what God just did in the lives of believers in the community. Believers that they were praying for. Believers that they were all sharing the burden together as best they could. And we need that before we move on to this and see the response that, that happens to this testimony. Let me just say that I believe the Lord's given me a word this week for our body in response to, to, uh, to this expression and also in the hymn and song that we sang today, in the, the text that we read this morning, in uh, the Moravian readings prior to, to worship rehearsal this morning. All of it's saying the same thing, that, there, the, that God wants to work and move in the lives of this body, of this community, and that we need to be quick to bring it back to the community when God does even the smallest things to us. You know, these guys are, their, their senses are heightened to notice all the things that the Holy Spirit's doing. They're not taking anything for granted. This is all new ground that they're breaking. I think for some of us, we were talking about this this morning in our own testimonies, about, I think for some of us, we've gotten so used to not recognizing the Holy Spirit's work that we just go through our days and we forget to watch and to look and to pay attention to all the little things that he's doing. And Carrie was sharing some of the things uh, about uh, their experience this past week with their car and, and uh, the trouble of getting this, uh, this foster child into their home. You know, that, that was a, a struggle for them, but he was sharing all the details of the little things that God was doing. He says, and Satan was trying to do this and God did this. We need those testimonies in this body. It's not just for you when something happens in your life. We need to be sharing those things. And, of course, the best place for context for that is in, is in, the, is in life group, is being a part of a, a group of believers where we're sharing those things. So I encourage you guys that it, an expression for us of this is to pay attention during the week to what the Holy Spirit's doing in your life, the God-exclusive activity that's going on in your life, even the little things. And, then, and, and, and particularly as it connects to the things that God says on Sundays, because we come back into group, and it, sometimes when we go to group, we wonder uh, if anybody's had any experiences, because people are so slow to share. We need to be quick to share, get over our tendency to, you know, that's why we do small groups. That's why we do the same people every week, so we can get a little bit more comfortable, even if you're introverted, in sharing the things, because it's not about you. It's about the body at this point. We need testimonies, and some of you, if you ever have testimonies you want to share on Sunday, Please let me know that. Man. We want to hear testimonies on Sunday. Our, one, of the, one of our distinctives regarding worship in this church 
is that we want to follow the Spirit's leadership. And, and so anytime the Lord puts on your heart a testimony to share, man, as a, as a member of this body, a part of this community, we want to hear your testimonies. Because this testimony is going to change the group. This testimony of this enormous move of God, this life-saving move of the Holy Spirit on their behalf is going to encourage the people. And they, they respond by just erupting with thanksgiving and praise to God. And then ultimately also with continued action. And in today's message, I want to dissect the prayer that they prayed because it, to me, it, it encapsulates the emotions that they're experiencing as a result of this testimony of what the Holy Spirit did in the lives of Peter and John. I want to take it apart and, and see what the Holy Spirit shows us about what happens when a body of believers, a community of believers is willing to uh, take the things that God's doing and bring it and share it within the, within the context of community. So let's go to verse 24. We'll start there. First of all, it's a community response, okay? It says in verse 24, when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God. Now, obviously, what we're about to read is not something they all said in unison together. This was not a memorized phrase, but this is an expression of what they were saying to God in response this is a prayer, and, and the, this prayer represents a community response. And I, I have a question for us as we think about this. When are we going to have an authentic community response to the work of God? And I want to answer that question because we do have some of those. And I think as a, as a church, it's going to take certain things. Certain things need to happen for us to have that. I think, first of all, when people are connected enough to share in the purpose of God for that community, then, then we're going to have this community response. I mean, for, for most of us, when we talk about things that God's doing, what we're talking about is not the purpose of God. You think about it. If you had to share a testimony today about what God did this week in your life, is it a, is it a, a testimony about, do you even have a testimony about how God is furthering the purpose of this community through you this week. Is that testimony the testimony you're going to share? Is God doing something in your life on behalf of the purpose that he has for this community of leading people to know God in the way that we know him? Most of our testimonies, even when we do share them, our testimonies about how we made it through, how we, something good happened for us, or how we overcame something bad that happened to us. And all of that has its place, and I'm not saying that that's not good. If the Holy Spirit does that in your life, then that, and you share that in community or in the, in the world, and people see your response, that becomes an outreach as well, leading other people to know God. But when we're connected enough to share, in, in sharing this purpose that God has for us, I think... We're going to be quick to respond together as community when somebody has an experience. Like when, when Bethany gets her clear report here in a, few, in a few weeks, when she gets a clear report, is there, is there any chance that we're not going to respond as a community to that? No. That, that's, that's, going to, that's going to cause all of us to respond. You know, our, our purpose together is, is huge. What God is doing with us and for us as a community and the testimony that he's building of this community is huge. And, and when we're connected enough to share the purpose of God, 
then I think we're going to have a community response. I think also when we are connected enough that we truly care for each other. I, I believe there was a love that, they, that, that the Holy Spirit gave this first church for each other. They were so connected to each other and so uh, and loved each other so much that when one person was hurting, the others were hurting. When one person was blessed, the others were blessed. And I think we're going to have that community response when we start caring enough for each other. And, and I think we do have that community response when we are caring enough for one another. But you need to ask yourself the question, are you connected enough to people that you truly care for, for the people in your life group, people in this body? Also, I think when people are connected enough to God, not just to each other, but to God, that they expect his movement and they recognize his activity. I think when we're connected enough to God, and, and you'll see that testimony in the prayer here in just a minute, but when we're connected enough to, to God that, we, that we, we know his heart and we see his activity, we recognize when God's moving, then we'll have a community response. I went to, with the elders, we, we dealt with an issue, uh, in, in the, a theological issue that we've been needing to deal with, and we dealt with it, prayed about it, uh, it's something that's happening in the group in Ruston, we prayed with them and asked them to pray. God gave me a word, I went and shared that word with them, and the elders prayed also and came, and when we met, the, the word that the elders had was the same word, the exact same word about how to handle that, it was such a blessing. Because it wasn't a given. The, the, the response was not a given response. It was something we needed to pray through together. We, I celebrated when that happened. And I was so excited to be able to share with the people in Ruston, here's some things that God said to me, and then here's the things that he said to the elders, and you can see how they're all the same thing. And it was a beautiful lesson for that group to see how the church works together, how when we're all standing with each other and for one another, and we're all seeking God and, and have expectations, and we're watching that God will give us the same word. It's one expression of what we're talking about here. And, and so when, we, when people are connected to God enough that they expect his movement and recognize his activity, we're going to see con community response. They were expectant. These people were expectant. They had no idea what God was going to do, but they knew God, and they were connected with God, and they were expectant. And so they celebrated together because they knew it was the activity of God. And then the last thing, uh, I think, also in community response, uh, are to, to make it a community response is when people see the plan of God unfolding by a power that's greater than their own. When they see the move, the, the hand of God doing something that their hand can't do on behalf of the community, then that causes a community response. So let's look at what they said when they lifted their, their voices together to God. Not one voice, but, uh, not uh, many voices, but one voice to God. Let's see what happened to them when they lifted their prayers to God and what they said. And I think it's important that we understand and break this, this prayer down to see the response that they have. It's a good response. It's a Holy Spirit-led response. Acts 4.24, first of all, says... When they heard it, they lifted their voices together and said, Sovereign Lord who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in it, in them. All right, so first of all, they recognized the sovereignty of God. They acknowledged the sovereignty of God in their prayer. Immediately, they recognized, first of all, God's sovereignty. By the way, sovereignty by definition, here it is, uh, or sovereign Lord. 
is one who holds complete authority over another. Holds complete authority over another. So when we talk about the sovereignty of God, we're talking about complete authority. So when he says, he, they recognize him, first of all, as sovereign Lord. In verse 24, he, he says, that uh, they pray and say, sovereign Lord over all creation, all the created things, heaven, earth, sea, all the things that are in them. You're sovereign Lord over creation. So they recognize that. I sat out there today, uh, you know, in that beautiful sunshine, that cool weather, standing out, out there. there. There was worship going on already. But just seeing the sovereignty of God over creation, just the fact that everything keeps living and moving and breathing and growing in the seasons and all those things that happen, thinking about this because I had this message on my mind. But they recognized his sovereignty over creation. They also recognized uh, his complete authority in the things that he speaks. Look at verse 25. Who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. So God spoke through one of the songs that they'd sung for years. This is Psalm uh, chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. They've been singing these songs. God spoke through that, uh, that years ago that this moment would happen. And so God is, is not only is he sovereign over creation, but he's, he has complete authority in the things that he speaks. When God speaks something, it is absolutely, without a doubt, going to happen. And that's huge for us. You know, it was huge for them to know that at this moment, and they celebrated that, that God had spoken that this would happen, and David saw it uh, way back when. Our father David wrote this psalm with this moment in mind, and they recognized this moment with the prediction or the word of God in the past through David. And that, that excites them because now they know that if God ever says anything, or they're reminded again, if God ever says anything, guess what? It's going to happen. You think that's not something to rejoice about when he's their God and they're his people and they're his community? That if, they, if God will speak it, then they know it's going to happen. They don't have to ever doubt that. Man, that's something to celebrate. And so they're worshiping God for that when they call him sovereign Lord. Uh, and they recognize that he spoke something a long time ago and it's happening now. So he's Lord over that. And for us, you know, that's, that's so vital at the gathering place because we're determined to hear from God before we move. Right? Are you still determined to hear from God before you move? Are you praying and asking God about his will before you take action? That's the whole purpose of this church is to know God by experience through obedience. In order to obey God, we have to know what, he, what his will is for us. So we need God to speak. And God is constantly speaking to us by his Holy Spirit like he did for them, making sense sometimes of Scripture for our lives today, making sense sometimes of circumstances for our lives today, sometimes of what a word a brother says to us uh, that's true for our lives today or a circumstance that happens that the Holy Spirit highlights for us. But we need the Holy Spirit to speak to us. And praise resulted for them because they realized that what God said came about. 
And we need that. We need to hear the testimonies of what God says in your life and God fulfills in your life, of what God says for this body and what God fulfills. Don't be out there alone accomplishing these things that, uh, under the, the power of the Holy Spirit and the leadership of the Holy Spirit without sharing it with the body. We need to hear that so we can be reminded on a regular basis and celebrate together that God said it and he did it. But what good is it if God knows about it and says it but has no hand to accomplish those things? What if he doesn't have the power or the authority to accomplish it? Anybody can say stuff and not follow through. So in verses 27 and 28, he shows that he has complete authority. Of, uh, he is a sovereign Lord over the completion of his plans too. He doesn't just speak them, but he completes them. And he has sovereign authority over that. Nobody can stop the hand of God. Nobody can, can stop what God desires to do. Once his hand is stretched out, no one can turn it back. Nobody can thwart the plans of God according to the Scripture. Look at 27 and 28. For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servants, Jesus, servant Jesus, whom you anointed. All right? So we just read that in the psalm. Look back at it in, verses, uh, in verse 25. He says, the Lord, against the Lord and his anointed. I'm sorry, verse 26. So he says, truly in this city there were gathered against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate. So those are rulers. Along with the Gentiles, which he speaks about. Why why did the Gentiles rage and the people plot in vain? And then against the, the peoples of Israel, which he also said, in Psalm 2, 1 and 2. So why do, they, why do they rage against you? So he says, against your holy servant Jesus, who you anointed, to do whatever your hand and your plan has predestined to take place. So the Holy Spirit brought the specifics of what he did to the forefront in their, in their attention, their mind's attention. The Holy Spirit made them see that those things connected with what God spoke in Psalm 1 and 2. God was completing his plan. And it's because they weren't trying to do it themselves that they noticed. You know, I feel like the the pattern for most of us in church has been, in, in religious experience, has been that we have read the Scripture and we see the principles that lie there and then we try to go and accomplish God's will with our, our way. One of the reasons why they recognized this activity is because it was totally God and because they weren't trying to accomplish it themselves. They, 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 had, they were as shocked as anybody else was, and, and yet they had this boldness that came from God, from the Holy Spirit, when they stood before these rulers and these kings, but they had no idea, and it, except in retrospect, because they noticed what was going on. They watched what was going on. They saw it, but this is the hand of God, and because they weren't trying to do it themselves, they noticed, and they praised and thanked God for his sovereign plan, literally, and his action. He calls it his hand and his plan in this passage, that he does whatever his hand and his plan has predestined to take place. Now, look, y'all with me? Say, oh, yeah. Okay, not going to be long, but it's important we get this down. There's a lot of ways we can do life. 
But we need to recognize the sovereignty of God and the fact that God has a plan that he's accomplishing. He is fulfilling his plan. There's nothing that can stop his plan. And so should we just fumble through life and then sometimes fall upon in our minds the plan of God? And, and, and scatter, sometimes walk in our plan, sometimes walk in his plan. Ultimately, though, getting finally to the place where we're in God's will and we're, we're following God's plan, or should we just instead realize that God has a plan, ask him for his word about what his plan is, and then walk in it and experience the, the, the celebration that these people are experiencing, experience the joy of the, the sovereignty of God and his plans being accomplished in our lives and through our lives. I think we should adjust. I, I think you do too. We need to adjust ourselves to that. We need to walk in God's plan, see his work, walk in his plan. So God's sovereignty in this case is a cause for celebration of authentic praise and thanksgiving. But the Holy Spirit would have to get our attention off of what we can do and on what he has planned. He has to speak his vision, and then he has to fulfill his vision in the context of community for us to be able to have this same experience. Now, once they acknowledge the sovereignty of God, then they ask God to continue to empower them. Look at it in verse 29. And now, Lord, upon, uh, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. I love that. For a couple of reasons, because first of all, this is not a natural response. This is not a natural response. Typically, if we have a major success, like we were threatened and our life was, was, uh, might have been threatened, and we get victory and God releases us, we're not asking God to put us right back in the middle of it. But he says, God, give us boldness rather than God rescue us from any more of these kinds of events or experiences. How many times are we in a, in a setting or a place where we're getting persecuted because of our faith or we're in a setting where we, can't, we don't feel like we can walk our faith out or, or we, we feel like just it's not a good circumstance. You know, we don't like our job or we don't like the circumstances where we, where we work or, or the, the classes that we're in or whatever. Our circumstances are tough. And instead of saying, God, give me the power to be your witness in that circumstance, we're asking God to get us out of there. They ask God to continue to empower them. They didn't ask him to release them from danger. They didn't ask him even to do what he did for Peter and John. They said, help us to proclaim your word with boldness. See the threat and help us to, to, to continue to speak your word with boldness. They wanted to be empowered. So God's work and their role in it was now on the forefront of their minds. It wasn't that their safety, it wasn't their, their uh, daily living conditions. What was on the forefront of their mind was the work of God, the purpose of God being accomplished. They wanted nothing more than to continue to be used as vessels for the work of God. Give us more experiences like this, God. Give, let your will be accomplished. Let your purpose be accomplished and just give us opportunities and give us boldness in the opportunities like you gave John and Peter. Then they asked God to continue to perform his miracles, to, to continue this God-exclusive activity. Look in verses 29 and 30 again. And now, Lord, look upon 
their threats and grant your servants to continue to speak your word with boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. A prayer that God will always answer, church, always, every time, was now at the forefront of their hearts. And that is that God would continue to do his work for the sake of his name. That God would continue to, to reveal himself and that all that, that he would work through them as vessels to complete his work. They were praying what they knew to be the will of God in the community. You notice there's no prayers here for themselves other than power, empowerment. They want God's will to be shown. They want God's face to be known or to be seen. They want God's name to be known. And so they're asking God to do this great work in them. And I think we need to check ourselves to see, again, if we are asking God's will for the community or if we're just holding the ear of God for our own concerns constantly. Always praying and asking God one more time for one something that I need or I want. Are we thinking about the will of God? Are we thinking about the purpose of God as we pray? I've asked God this week, and I will continue to ask God this next week as we process this, that God would put his purpose on our hearts, that God would, not, not just in our minds, but in our hearts, that we would be filled with the purpose of God like this church was. That God's will would be at the forefront of our minds and we'd be consumed with the plan of God. Because we've had a taste of God's sovereignty in this body. We've had a taste of God's sovereignty in the context of this community. And finally, God gave them an immediate and ultimate response. Immediate and ultimate. Two different responses. Look at it in verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered was shaken. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. So the immediate response was, I heard you. And it was pretty powerful. The place that they were in was shaken. Now I've heard people preach this like, uh, you know, God shake this place up. You know, they're talking about the people's hearts being shaken. That's not what it says here. Every version I read said the place that they were in was shaken. Like the building was shaking. So God gave an immediate response. I heard you. You know, sometimes when I'm preaching and there's a lightning storm going outside, I'll make a point and a bolt, you know, a thunder will hit. It was that, all right? But the whole place was shaking. The building was shaking. So God wanted them to know they were heard. God's always going to hear a prayer, and he wants them to know, particularly this, this stage in the life of, of the church, that that when you pray and you pray according to my will and you pray according to my purpose and you're joined together in community and you're letting the Holy Spirit lead you and you're, you're wanting to be empowered for the sake of my glory, I hear your prayers. And God gave them an immediate response. And we always want that. God, give us an immediate response. I love it. Every Sunday morning, every Sunday morning, today was, not, uh, was no exception to the rule. When I sit here with my message completed, Having sought the will of God for the, this week, the week prior, for his message for that day. And I'm, I feel good about the message, whether I feel good about it or I feel questionable about it. God always confirms the message on Sunday morning through random Moravian readings. Always. 
Today is no exception. It was just perfect, perfectly in line with what we're talking about. Our testimonies this morning, our time of sharing this morning was centered around what we're talking about today. To me, that's an immediate response of the Holy Spirit saying, I, this is my will for you. There have been times when God would give us an immediate response, when he's given us an immediate response to things in our lives, but it was not the ultimate response. Have you ever had a time when you were taking a chance maybe with a job situation? We've got a friend of ours right now who's finishing up LC, and he's praying about a church job, and he's had offers, and he's not taking any of those, and he's been waiting on God. He's waiting on the Lord, but opportunities keep coming up, and it, it those immediate responses from the Lord, those God saying, you know, God, it's not God saying, this is the one I want you to, the church I want you to take, but it's God saying, I'm, I hear you. I hear you. Don't lose hope. There are possibilities out there. There are many of you who have had job changes or you've been looking for a job, a better situation, and one comes up and then the door closes, but you know that that was God's immediate response to your prayer to let you know, I hear you. I hear you. You thought there could be no jobs. And here they are, right? And there's all kinds of situations like that in our lives where we, we wonder, can God really speak to this thing that we're asking about? And then he gives us an immediate response to let us know, my ears are on you. It shakes our building up. But he also comes in and completes the prayer. The, the ultimate response is that they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. They had that experience over and over again, that experience that, that, that Peter uh, had when he stood before the, these religious rulers and they were ready to, to kill him and they had all they wanted to hear of him, told him to shut up and he wouldn't shut up. And, and that they looked at him and with amazement as we looked at last week. And he, and he goes like, you know, what just happened? What just came out of my mouth? Did I just say that? You know? That boldness that God gave him, and so they get more of that, and the church continues to move forward because all these believers now are, are feeding off of the testimony of what the Holy Spirit did in the, in the life of two members of that community because they came back and shared it. All these people were able to take all those doubts. Of just, does, is God sovereign? Does, the, the things that he says, the, do they actually come about? Is, is God hearing my prayer? Is God really on our side? Are, are, is God really going to use this little community to make a difference in this town? Are, are all these things just based on emotion or are they real? Everybody needed that, not just Peter and John. So they came back and they shared that testimony. And their prayer to the Lord was, we recognize your sovereignty. We, we recognize that you spoke these things in the past, and now they're coming to in, into play, that your plans are being accomplished, that the things that you said through David hundreds of years ago are actually being accomplished right now. And, and we, we want you to do, continue to do that through us. Use us to accomplish those things that you said you would do way back when. Those things that you've already spoken those predestined plans that are out there to, to, to come about, let us be the ones. We're ready to let the Holy Spirit use us, use this community to accomplish that plan. And I want that for us. And I want us to, to thrive on what the Spirit's doing in this body. So don't be greedy, right? 
When the Holy Spirit does something in your life, share it with your life group. Get it out there. Ask the Holy Spirit if you should be sharing some of these things on Sunday morning that that he's doing in your life for the sake of this body. It's always good for us to hear what the Holy Spirit's doing and to draw strength from that so that we can recognize and and pray to God and say to God, you are sovereign, you are in control, and, and empower us to continue to do the things that you want us to do in this community. We recognize what you did. Use us to lead people to know you. It's, it's crazy to think about what God's already done in this little body. But guys, there's so much that's sitting on the horizon. There's so much. As we continue to walk, walk through the, the book of Acts, we just need to find ourselves there. We are these people in the story. Y'all with me? This is us. When we read these things, don't write it off as a cool Bible story. This is us. God wants us to... Again, take these messages and apply them to where we are. This is God's message for this church, for this time. He has a purpose in it. He wants us to walk in these things. So don't write these things off. Don't take them lightly. Let's apply this message this week and begin to pay attention and be open with the things that the Lord's doing in our lives. Pay attention to what he's doing. When you see it, share it. All right? So we can all pray together these prayers, these beautiful prayers. And, when, and when, they, when it was done, what happened? The house was shaken, and their prayers were answered. We want that. We want to see that happen in this body. Let's pray. Father, thank you for, again, for a, a story from the past that applies to the present. Lord, we need you to, some of us need you to convince our hearts that we are these people. God, so that we can look at these scriptures and see ourselves in it. But Father, most of us, we, we recognize that. We just need to pay attention. And so God, I pray that you would bring community testimonies into this body. Lord, that, that we would, would see you working and recognize God-exclusive activity in our lives. See what the Holy Spirit is doing through us and bring it back to the body so we can celebrate together. And I pray it'll be that, God, that we would be connected enough to the purpose that you have for us that we would celebrate together, that we'd be connected enough to each other, that we would care about each other's lives enough to see and respond with with true praise, and that we'd be connected enough to you, that we would expect you to move, God, and recognize your activity, that we would see the plan of God unfolding by a power that's greater than our own. Give that to us this week, God. We recognize that you are the one who holds complete authority over not only heaven and earth, but over all the things that you've spoken in the past and the things that are going to happen in the future. You have complete authority in the, in the accomplishment of your plans. And we want to be with you in that. We celebrate today your sovereignty. We celebrate your work in this body. And we ask you today, God, in response to this message, God, please help us to abide in you, to commit to community, and to bless the people around us. Give us Holy Spirit power for those tasks that you've called us to. In Jesus' name.